in Vancouver, one could argue there is no real estate development project that's more complex, uh, bigger, and generating a lot of conversation than the Jericho Lands Project. Think about that for a second. The Oak Ridge Centre development, uh, once completed, uh, will consist of about 3,300 homes, over uh, 28 acres. Uh, The Sinoc development on the south side of the uh, Broad Street Bridge, uh, that'll be about 6,000 homes across 10 acres. And the Jericho Lands Project, however, will be 13,000 homes across 90 acres. That's more than Oak Ridge and Sinoc combined. So you can see the size and scope of the Jericho Lands Project. Well, next week marks the latest step in the years-long planning process for the Jericho Lands development with city staff seeking council approval for the next phase of planning and technical studies. There are many people who are concerned about uh, the size and uh, of the project. Uh, the uh, organization that calls itself the Jericho Coalition, uh, we're on Jill Bennett's show earlier today. They're size, concerned about the scope and size of the development and consultation, of course. Marie Henderson spoke to Jill Bennett. Uh, he is, as I said, a spokesperson for the Jericho Coalition. He's also a retired environmental engineer. Uh, take a listen to Mr. Henderson's comments to Jill Bennett earlier today. They put together a plan at great expense um, over many years, only at the end to have um, clauses that say, you know, everything might change in terms of layout or in terms of density or building heights or whatever. Um, Normally, when you do projects, you check out things like, what is the transportation? What are your ground conditions? That would be the first thing you would do. And this... um, this this is going forward, you know, without these major parts being checked. Why not delay until we until it's clear? Now, the Jericho Lands redevelopment uh, are a joint venture with uh, uh, with a group calling itself the MST uh, Partnership. That is a joint venture with the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations here uh, in the Lower Mainland. Joining me now to talk a little bit about the size and scope of this project and what it means for the region is Dan Fumano. He's a city columnist for the Vancouver Sun and the province. Dan, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jess. So what can we expect next week in your mind? Well, next week, I mean, it's no, no final decisions are being made, you know, on whether or not this thing will go forward. They're not considering rezoning applications or, you know, building permits or something being issued. That That's still, you know, a couple of years off. But this is a big part in this years-long process. Essentially, city staff are coming to council and they presented what they call a policy statement, which is kind of just like a, a framework a master plan to guide the next part of the work. Um, And they're looking for council's approval to sort of move forward with the more detailed planning, as well as their direction to, you know, to get a bunch of technical work done. So a bunch of technical studies that the uh, proponents, the developers, are then going to have to enlist professionals to get a whole bunch of technical work done, everything, you know, hydrogeological and some engineering and transportation studies. And there's a whole, but there's a big long list of studies that they're going to have to kind of uh, get this work done before the next stages of work can be done. But I mean, this is obviously, it's, it's been uh, quite a few years now to get to this point of planning and the plan has evolved a bit over the years. Um, but it's, you know, it's, I guess it's, taking shape more and more. And so they're getting a clearer idea of what this could potentially look like, or at least what what city staff 
and the developer are proposing that it could look like. You know, ultimately, we're talking about 13,000 homes, 24,000 residents, community center, public school, parks, uh, and uh, retail, all of that. So it is uh, quite transformative. Um, how yeah. um, heated is this debate in regards to this development? Uh, you know, I don't want to say it's just two sides and it's black and white. Uh, that, uh, that would be too simplistic. But how uh, how, how uh, acrimonious do you think this, this, this coming debate is, this conversation is? Yeah, it's, as you say, you know, those numbers, I mean, 13,000 homes, 24,000 residents, um, it's not just any old development, right? Like, it's like a lot of times individual developments, you know, sometimes it's a big condo tower or a rental tower, sometimes it's a social housing. Oftentimes, if one individual building can draw a fair amount of debate, but this project, it's, it's the way I've described it, it's more like basically a, a new neighborhood. You know, 24,000 residents by our tally that's more people than currently live in most of Vancouver's neighborhoods that exist today. So it's almost like creating a new neighborhood, um, which is, it doesn't happen every day. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course. So there is a lot of concern. You know, I spoke yesterday with a member of this neighborhood group. They call themselves the Jericho coalition and they've organized to basically, you know, to oppose this thing in its current proposed form. And what he said to me is, yeah, like, you know, tens of thousands of new neighbors. He said, everyone in his neighborhood is worried about this and, uh, obviously, I don't know if it's true that everyone is worried, but that was his uh, take on it. They're worried about traffic. They're worried about, you know, pressure on local schools and a lot of the things that we often hear about people being worried. Now, this project is supposed to include a new public elementary school eventually. But we also know from experience that just because a school is planned, it's not always built. And Olympic Village provides kind of a tangible example of that, where there's a blank base where there's supposed to be a school, an elementary school, but it, it still hasn't been built. It's planned, but it's not built. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so you do have these, um, you do have this neighborhood group opposing, and they're quite an organized group. You know, they've got uh, sort of an organized uh, PR effort. They've done their own polling. They've got, a, you know, a bunch of um, professional people kind of rallying this to try to fight this project in its current form. But one thing that is interesting in this new uh, report that's going to council next week is it includes the results of two different surveys that have been done on this by the city, and they show really different results. Um, one survey was just kind of the city's regular survey that you can do on their website, the city website, and it showed most people, or about almost half of people, dislike or really dislike the project. Mm -hmm. And then this other survey the city did, which was citywide, and it was done by a market research company and sort of weighted to try to be representative of the city at large by gender, age, home ownership status, different things like that. That one found, you know, only 9% of people said they disliked or really disliked it. So there's this interesting discrepancy between these two surveys. Um, and, I mean, I don't know about you, if you talk to people who you know, talk to people in different parts of the city, different kind of walks of life, what they think about the idea of a big, dense, transit-oriented neighborhood, new neighborhood, you know, on the west side of Vancouver, right there, incorporates parks, as you say, office space, cultural space, new community center, new library, um, new school. It, it's a, it is a big transformative thing.
And how much of this do you think this this uh, particular project, the whole Jericho Lands project? I mean, critics referred to it as Metro Town by the Sea. There have been concerns about hydrological reports that they want to see. The people that oppose it, uh, the environmental impact and scale uh, is very large. And then, of course, you take what's there presently and what's surrounding that area. You know, you've got single-family homes. Of course, you have apartments and condos, but. You know, you have um, housing that, uh, low-rise housing, ultimately. This is significantly going to change that. In many ways, how does this, in your mind, this particular project, it, it seems to reflect or symbolize the generational differences I think sometimes we have on housing and where the city is today and where it's been, but also the issue about density and affordability as well. It seems like Jericho Land's debate itself symbolizes that generational sort of uh, uh, fight that we've been having and conversation we've been having in regards to what does the city look like moving forward? What does housing look like forward? This seems to incorporate all of that in this particular project. Yeah, it's it's certainly, you know, you, the, the images, the illustrations of what the proposed project would look like, um, you know, a bunch of them have been released a bunch were released last year. There were some new ones that have been released just this week that we've included in our story. Um, and what's interesting is that different people look at these images, the same images, and they just see totally different things. You know, it's like a Rorschach, like inkblot test. Where yeah. Some people see this and they see it as this like dystopian, horrible thing, tall buildings close to the beach. Other people look at it and say, that looks fantastic. I would love to live there. I would love to live in one of those tall buildings somewhere where I could walk to a subway station, walk to the beach and other parks, walk to shops and services, take the subway to UBC or there anywhere else. Now, of course, you know, the idea of a subway station there, that's still kind of up for debate too, because we don't know for sure if it's going to go out to UBC yet, but that's something they're studying. But anyway, it is, yeah, it is interesting to see, talk to different people and they can look at the exact same images and uh, they're, they're seeing totally different things. The, the way, the way people respond to it is totally different. It's, mm-hmm. It is kind of interesting. Uh, it's hard to gauge this, and it's an un- not an unfair question, but it's a hard one to answer. But how do you see City Hall navigating through all this? There's a lot of West Side support uh, for ABC Vancouver. Uh, at the same time, I'm sure there's many people who voted for ABC don't want to see this. They're quite concerned about this. How is uh, the mayor, who's already having a, has enough challenges before him and council, the majority council of ABC, how do you see them navigating through through all of this? Well, I don't know. I mean, they were elected on a uh, a platform. They were, you know, they were very pro-housing and they were saying they want to significantly ramp up housing production and make it, uh, you know, significantly increase the number of homes in the city. And I mean, this one project on its own would really dramatically increase the number of homes. Now, they're not all going to be built overnight. It's expected that even if this thing is approved, which is still, you know, essentially a couple of years away, it would take decades build the whole thing. They're thinking it might be 25, 30 years to build the whole thing. So this is probably going to extend past, uh, you know, several council terms. But, you know, that being said, to this point in, you know, the first year and a half or so of ABC's term, they have been, you know, a lot of their votes have been very uh, pro-development, pro-housing. Now, as you say, you know, there are some West Side residents who might have voted for them who don't like this project. Um, but I don't know, they might have their own polling as well that, you know, to try to get a bigger citywide view of it. Like I say, you know, this new report includes these two different um, survey results and one, which according to the city was kind of 
largely skewed towards people who live in the immediate area, and, you know, only 38% of people liked it. And then the other one is citywide, uh, the one that was kind of weighted to be more representative. And that one had 65% of people liking or really liking the project. So if ABC has internal polling or maybe they have something that, um, because again, you know, ABC did try, what they said during the campaign is that they were going to really try to draw support from all corners of the city, different walks of life. And if you look at the polling results, that largely was true. They won really, they had a lot of support in pretty much most parts of the city. And, um, so it was really spread out. So there are a lot of people who live in different corners of the city who might like the idea of a dense urban kind of downtown type area on the west side who maybe currently don't live around there but might like that idea um so i and i don't know i'm speculating what i don't know what abc's internal polling is suggesting or what they think but so far to this point uh in their term they have been pretty consistently voting for stuff that you know promotes more housing getting built mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for your time. It's going to be an interesting week, and and you're ahead on this issue, that's for sure. Uh, Thanks once again. Thanks, Jess.